I got the audio going, but not the other one. How many more times are we going to do this? One more time. Is this your first time, rookie? One more time. (laughs) Let's do it live. (laughs) It needs all the things. Give it all the things. Oh, perfect. You nailed it. You can't bend physics, but you can do is write better software. And you're doing MPLS changes or BDP changes. May may God be with you, right? I I always feel like I'm just a little fish in a sea of big fish. I've got a nested six-node sand. Oh, guys. People, you know, quite often think that they don't have anything to bring to the table when they absolutely do. Everybody should. Anybody in IT that skips the phone stuff, it just hasn't earned it. Okay, I lied. I have one more question. On demand. Correct. Welcome to GigaCast episode 39 for Thursday, July 30th. Live to take from somewhere in Indiana. I'm Britton Johnson. Live from my VMware home office, this is Tony Reeves. Did I lose you in the middle there somewhere? Did you not hear me? Your audio is still playing. Normally you fade out by now, buddy. Yeah, I know. I just, I'm slow on the take today. I guess. It's, it's been a, it's been a rough couple of weeks, you know? It's been a rough six months of 2020. Yeah, well, yeah. I, uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I can't be like, I know, I know a few kids that are going into college in the fall and I feel like half of them should just take a gap year. <laughs> Cause like, yeah. if, if I was of this, of the high school graduation age and moving on from that into school, that's probably what I would be doing right now. But, you know, try to get a job and then look into it again next year. But, you know, who, who knows? It's, it's a brave new world that we are in today. Take a year off. Enjoy your parents' basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're we're kind of running really like easy breezy. Life is great. You're on. We the, are unprepared. This is the yeah. no agenda show. Yeah, now. you're you're on the beach. We have no agenda, and uh, we got Tim with us because I couldn't get anybody else. So oh, <laughs> welcome burn. back. Welcome back, Tim. <laughs> I am everybody's favorite, you know, fallback. That sounds great. I like it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when we tried to have you on, in all fairness, we had to try. We tried to have you on with Simon last time, and then something came up, and you had to bail on us. That's right. very so, true. That's my fault entirely. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was at this I point. It know. seems like it was an eternity ago now. It probably it was. <laughs> it was like a whole month ago because we're so lazy in doing these. But oh man, but hey, is this your first? Is this your first one in the new house? No, I've done a couple from Second. here now. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, and it's all this, this room like is above the garage and it gets so hot in here that the, 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 the central AC can't keep up. I actually, I had to, we got like a small stipend check from VMware for home office stuff and I used it to buy a window air conditioner. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? It's so hot in here. Like I got to have some AC that actually works. So it's like, it's just. It's not. It's not good. It's uh, not good. We have uh, we have weird temperature swings upstairs in my house as well, and my office is up here. So I had to buy little the little Nest um, like dots for temperature sensors. Oh yeah. And then I just have it switch. So during the day it uses my office, so it works overhaul to get my office cool. And then in the evening it uses my daughter's room because I'm not up here and she sleeps, so it just kind of clicks back and forth. But it's generally really hot in the office. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we need to talk more about this because this is a problem I've been trying to solve for a long oh, time really? in my house. <laughs> and I thought the only way that I knew how to do it from watching stuff like this old house was one of those crazy expensive dual zone systems that has active dampers and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So, so so tell me more about this Nest dots. Yeah. So I have a Nest thermostat upstairs and downstairs. I have two separate units that run each floor. Yep. Now upstairs. It, there's a huge temperature difference between like my office and the media room and my daughter's room. Yep. Um, so the, the, the main thermostat is in the media room, but then I also have these little things, hold on, since we're looking at each other, there's this little temperature sensor that looks like this, it's just a tiny okay. little dot. It's like 50 bucks, something like that. Okay. And what you do is you place them around and you can go into the nest software and say from this time to this time or just during the morning or during the afternoon what have you say use this sensor as the thermometer and then it'll essentially take my office which is usually a few degrees oh. hotter and it'll say oh it's hotter in there but i i'm set to do 72 so i'll make it 72 in that room now during that time my daughter's room drops way down because it's generally cooler but then at night 
it switches over and it uses the temperature sensor that's on her wall and then goes through and it'll get super hot in my office. So it kind of switches zones based on where I know people will be. Yeah. So that's kind of, I've got a, a quad level home. And so I can't sleep unless it's cool enough upstairs on the top exactly. of where the bedrooms are. And it's always too hot up there. But in order to get that to a comfortable temperature for sleeping in the evening, we freeze in what I call the theater room or the den where I've got the TV right. and we freeze. It's like a refrigerator down there. So I was thinking of some sort of active damper system to actually, again, do two nests like you were talking about, but have somehow some intelligence to say, let's get some active dampers in here yeah. and shut these ducts completely off in the lower floors. Right. Yeah, but Tim, you're saying there. you've got like dual furnaces, basically? Yeah, so I have two completely yeah. separate systems, yeah. one for upstairs and downstairs. So I, I, I'm spoiled in that regard. You're highly yeah, available. I can't, so, yeah, oh, so yeah, I can't absolutely. do that. Right. And the only problem with using one of these in the system that I've got is that those other rooms, they're going to be cold because you're going to you're going to put like one of these little dots in your bedroom and you're going to say, I want my bedroom to be 72, 73, what have you. And it'll cool that. But then everybody else, everywhere else is going to get super cold. So unless you go all out with the damper system, then, you know, other rooms are just going to be a little more cold. But at least with these things, you know, for a fact at night in my bedroom, it will be whatever temperature I tell it to be. Okay. Yeah, and you just more into that. I, I don't. I think I want to say they're the Nest dots. I just looked for Nest temperature sensor, and looked it up. They were like fifty bucks or something like that. Okay, now they're thirty nine dollars on Amazon. But the key really is you have to have the Nest thermostat, the main the, as the main unit, right? Do you not have that? I thought you said you did. I do have a Nest. Yep. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Then then one. Of I these only have a single. How, I, I have a single HVAC system and a single Nest right now, so I'm not quite sure how this would work for me yeah the only way i mean you would get one to test it because it might depending on where are all the bedrooms like close to each other and are they generally within the same range temperature wise yeah i'd say they're all in the same okay level well then well close. then you're good if you put one of these in the master bedroom it'll make sure that the bedrooms are all where they want it to be but the rest of the house is going to be way off okay but it's worth a shot it's a quick way that i solved my problem yeah, I'll look into it. Thanks for that tip. Yeah, so yeah. since we're just renting this place, I mean, it's, I just needed a temporary solution until, oh, we can, sure. until we can actually figure out where we're going to buy a house. But And and where we're going to buy a house, I'll actually have, like, you know, we have very specific requirements for the next house, especially yeah. because I'm most likely to be working from home forever now. <laughs> yeah, so, I know the feeling, yeah. yeah. And, and, my, and my wife requires her own office slash workspace as well for all of her crafty stuff and... So like we need like two full time work at home offices, right? Basically, and then right. like if, if the seven year old would have her way, she'd have her own craft space as well. But you know, see that's what we've got. I mean, yeah, there's one of the reasons why I'm always in Texas and I love it here is cost of living is real cheap. My my daughter upstairs here has more square footage to herself than most people in New York have. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's bad. I mean, she's got two rooms and her own bathroom and all that. Oh, yeah. One of them's her craft playroom. One of them's her bedroom. And man, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that's... taking this house out to like California or even anywhere else, I, I couldn't afford it. It's not a chance. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just for kicks. Like I would, when, when I would, when I was out in Palo Alto for start training, I, I did some looking at some of the houses just around the campus there. <laughs> And, oh my god and like yeah for yeah. Like a house that's like 1800 square feet it's nothing yep. you know really 1.5 million dollars you know so you're going you're going from the uh the courtyard you're going down uh el uh what is it el camino yeah you take that left onto a rastradero there yeah. by the mclaren yep. dealership yep. yep and there's that that line of those houses over there by that elementary school yep that's the exact houses that i was looking up exactly like yep. you said they're yep. you know 1800 square feet it's something where in texas you would pay a hundred grand for that house if not a little yeah, less than that exactly on the yeah yeah one and a half million dollars it's ridiculous yeah. and like and that's one that hasn't been updated in like 20 years yeah for yeah. sure the, the, the <laughs> ones that have been updated in the last two to three years they're like two to two and a half million that's i <laughs> I, I can't do it it's like dude that's a hundred thousand dollars shanty to me and right. you want me to pay a half I'm just for like, one and a half million i'm like for, for for that kind of thing like you know i can go you know live in the middle of nowhere indiana have have 40 yeah. acres probably be on a lake <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> 
It's the dream. <laughs> crazy. But you know, but it's it's still kind of crazy for us here though because like where we, where we, where we are just north of Indianapolis, it's still like cheaper than where we were in Wisconsin. I mean, Dane County in Wisconsin is one of the highest, you know, property cost places, cost of living places to live in the state. And oh, really? I mean, what we're what we're able to get down here, the bang for our buck is still it's it's you know, it's it's still a lot, but it's not as bad. So we we still feel like we're getting a deal. Um, How far outside of Indy are you? About I mean, from downtown, it's about maybe twenty five minutes or so. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. and then the Excellent. thing I've learned about Indy so far, like just from we're working down here a little bit, it's like you know, it's not like being in Chicago where it takes you an hour to get anywhere. You know, yeah. like there'll there'll be traffic, but you know, you can generally speaking get where you want to get within twenty five thirty minutes. That's cool. I mean, here it can be anywhere from twenty minutes to two hours. It depends on what day it is and what people are trying to get to. Yeah, I, <laughs> the one time I visited the the Dallas Fort Worth area, I was not a fan of the traffic. It was no, just... it's. I mean, it's it's not as bad as Austin, which or even Houston. Austin and Houston are the worst, but yeah, Dallas isn't great. And and the one time I was there was like in February, and there was like <laughs> there was like a slight winter, you know, rain that kind of glazed over a little bit and shuts it down. And they, I, yeah, like I was I was driving onto this highway on ramp, and I was just fine because <laughs> you know, here's dude from Wisconsin driving in a slight glaze, which is no no problem for me. And there's just cars spinning out of control everywhere nobody knew what to do <laughs> yeah. we we catch we catch a lot of flack from you know the folks in the north and you know you guys get a lot of snow and things like that we don't get a lot of that here first of all we don't get a lot of winter precipitation to start with but also yeah, just we brown. don't get a lot of snow we get ice like it will rain yeah. it will freeze overnight and we have nothing but a quarter inch sheet of ice over everything and man, I don't care who you are. That's difficult to drive on. Oh yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons why we shut down like that. Cause I mean, if it was just a bunch of snow and slush, it'd be fine, but it freezes over instantly. Yeah. I mean, they, they were trying the high, the highway department or whatever down there was trying their best with some sand, but yeah, you know, oh, well, good times. So Tim, what what's new in the world for you? I mean, I, you know, you're, you, you've been with VMware for a while. I mean, yeah. like what, what's, what, what are you, what's going on in, in, you know, your, your professional life that you're excited about? What's happening with technology that you're excited about? Um, where do, where do you think things going? Pick one of those topics. <laughs> no, things are going really well. Um, we're, we're pushing through and kind of, you know, trying to capture more of the DevOps persona for VMware. Um, you know, our, team's charter is to proliferate the usage of our SaaS tools for public cloud, um, simply because a lot of these personas don't know that VMware is even doing that. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a big deal where we, we go to AWS reInvent, we go to DevOps days and things like that. VMware might have a booth there. Um, and the number one question we get is, why are you here? What are you doing here? You're not relevant. <laughs> go away. The, the folks in the dev in the app dev communities and the DevOps communities, they associate VMware as a four letter word, just thinking that, oh God, this guy is going to get in my way and he's going to go slow. They just, they associate it 100% with legacy private cloud nonsense, which it's like, yeah, I mean, we are the leader in public cloud or in private cloud. Right. Sure. We're great at that. We created the hypervisor. We created a market. But we also do everything other than that. Like a lot of people forget that VMware at our core competency, we're a software development shop. That's what we do. We build and deliver software to customers. We have the same problems that any other software dev shop has. We're going through DevOps transformations. Now, we get to solve a lot of our problems by acquiring companies. Like we had a cloud spend problem. We became a cloud health customer and then we bought them. So, right, you know, right. we, we get to do it a, a little easier than most people, but we have the same problems. We're trying to solve that. And that's something that we're trying to, uh, to get out there and really change the perception of VMware and the uh, DevOps communities. Yeah, it's, it's funny because like the more I get out and talk to customers, I mean, even from the NSBU side of things, like, you know, like they understand, yeah, you do the vSphere stuff and now the, they kind of get, you know, NSX has been a thing long enough that people, you know, know what it is, Yep. generally speaking. But now there's like all these other like branches of security products and load balancers and SD-WAN and like there's there's just a whole lit, litany of stuff that has come underneath this one product of NSX that now 
Yeah. Everybody's just like, oh, you guys do all that too? Holy cow. And in ways, I, I've been lamenting this because it, it feels like, you know, as an NSX rep and for the NSBU, I feel like I'm the new version of the core rep because I have to have like not just one thing I know about, I have to know about 10 different things. When I left the NSBU... Wow. <laughs> you're gonna say that with a core rep on the call that's yes. bold yes i am i come don't on, think so on. scooter going for the hard jab bring it, bring no, it. it's it's just the nsbu looks so different than it did when i left two years ago almost almost exactly you know like a week or so off to two years um you know back then it was nsx we were we we're just starting to make that transition from uh v to sorry, from B to T, uh, we had, um, uh, app D that was kind of in the pro in the profile for a little while there that was, you know, new and up and coming. Oh, I forgot and about we carbon black. Just, yeah. yeah see, well, we didn't have carbon black yet, but see we what were I mean? working with them. Yeah. See, it, it, it's, it's a big deal. And with that, you know, going through and we had just acquired VeloCloud when I left, I like just had that done six months prior. Um, and now, man, the portfolio is just so massive. You're, you're exactly right. You do kind of have to treat it like a core rep. You got to be able to handle the entire portfolio and, you know, and go for it. Yes. Come at me, Tony. What do you have? <laughs> Everything VMware sells. That's what I have. <laughs> Don't how is that going? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, going. We're seeing some wins. We're, you know, getting used to the the switch from, you know, specialist to core. And um, actually, I'm actually very happy with the things that I've accomplished so far, you know, within four months in, into the role in terms of some of my goals that were set before me and some of the challenges I've had. I've been able to overcome some of those challenges and still almost meet some of those goals that were set in spite of them. So I'm really happy with the way things are going so far. It's just obviously... Uh, seems like every other week we buy a new company so that's hard to keep up there but <laughs> but uh, it's it's all in the interest of it's all in the interest of you know seeing where we can help our customers most seeing where the industry is going and then trying to align and making sure that we're in that workflow and we can provide solutions to help the customers out so it's all good things that we're doing it's just obviously it's a lot to keep up with so do you find yourself talking specialties more like for instance if you're in a customer meeting do you find yourself gravitating towards the hci stuff that you used to talk you know as a specialist or, or do you, you're pretty good at keeping yourself centered across the portfolio and conversations i think there's always going to be some of the bias in there from being a specialist so sure that's what that's what i knew best right so i think that's always going to be there until um you know maybe some of that fades more in a couple of years kind of thing but i think that the the portfolio is so broad that there's so many different things that we can offer customers that it's it's easier um, now, uh, you know, almost six months in than it was when I first started to have just HCI-based conversations. Uh, it's right. a lot easier now to to do vSphere and, and, and Tanzu and some of the other things and, and working with all my different specialists, learning from them. So, so far, all the specialists that I've been working with have been really easy to pull in and bring in where we need them and, and willing to help out. So, well, it's it's been going good. So, Tony, based on our last guest call, what, what do you feel about the acquisition of Datrium into the HCI product? I think it's product? a good... I, well, we're not integrating their HCI product. Um, See, and that surprises as as, me a little bit. I haven't heard anything about that. But Yeah, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything, uh, any kind of specificity around that. But overall, as a company, we're obviously buying them. But I think from our last call with Simon, they're kind of shifting away from that HCI product, right? Right, and they're becoming more of a SaaS company, and I think which is exactly of, what we wanted. Exactly. Right. So you know, I've already been engaged with them in several different deals where it completely made sense. Where they're doing a lot of the the backend automation and helping us transition customers to DR up in VMC, uh, which was already helping our customers out and helping us out uh, from a revenue perspective there. So I think it's a good thing. I, I think the partnership can only grow, grow stronger, and I think it's going to be a good thing going forward for sure. Um, the fact that we were already engaged with those teams a lot, it just made sense. When I saw the acquisition, I was like, no way. I'm like, yeah. but yes, I've got several <laughs> deals that I'm dealing with this right now on. This is a great thing. I'm just so, looking for eventually them to put the insane mode button somewhere in vSAN. <laughs> That's all I want. 
just the command to go to plaid. Yeah, just give me the insane mode button. That's <laughs> cartoon all mode. That's all I want. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. That was that. I, th- I felt the timing of that was fortuitous because we, you know, we we just talked to Simon, just published the episode, and then like a week later they announced it. I'm like, I don't even think it was a week. I think it was it, we had him on earlier in the week, and it, the yeah, announcement was it, it a couple days later. Few, it might have been a few days, but it was really <laughs> yeah. the timing was just really close. Yeah. Now, did he reach out to you? Because that would be uh, interesting. No. Or did you reach out to Simon, him? Simon, no. Simon owed me because I sent him a, a, a V All Star card of his. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Can I pay you back, mate?" And I'm like, "You can pay me back by coming on the podcast." And he's like, "All right." Oh, that was oh. hilarious. That was that was something that we talked to Simon about, and I was just like, "Dude, is isolation doing this, or what? What's the deal?" I said, "I know you're from the UK, but." Your accent's really, really thick. And the last time I saw you in person at VMworld 2018, you didn't sound like this. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, it's being at home with my wife and talking to friends back home and it's bringing it back he's out. Reverting. Yeah, he's reverting. <laughs> it was hilarious. Kind of like you and your Texas accent. Come on, y'all. Well, I say y'all anyways. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens. It's not really a Texas accent per se. It's just the way people down south talk. Yeah, it's it's more of a dialect. I yeah. don't really have that southern draw, I guess, that you would call an accent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I do have the dialect. But that's it's, for sure. it's weird though. It's like it's I, I I even like the little teeny bit further south that I am now, I feel my I feel like I find myself saying y'all more often. I don't know why that is. <laughs> that's fine. Well, We'll take it. You can be an honorary. And I'm like, I was, I was lamenting to one of my core reps on the phone the other day. I'm like, you know, it's like, it was like 90 degrees. It was really hot. And I'm like, dude, it's really hot. I've got a headache. And he's just like, dude, you moved like four hours south. And now you're in, the, and suddenly you're in the deep south. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you're no longer in South Canada anymore. Yeah. And he's like, oh. he's, he's down in Kentucky, you know, and he's and I'm just like, really? oh, jeez. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're I six have, hours south of I, me. I have no tolerance for the heat at all. I mean, every time like it gets above a certain thing, I'm just I'm done. The second it gets under sixty degrees, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. So you and I, you, you know, you and I, Tim, we're just two different. <laughs> we're two different. I'm telling you, things, man. But the thing is, is this this these are different geos. I think up in Wisconsin, it's just such a dramatic difference between the, the cold that we can get in the winter and the warm that we can get in the summer, that if your body had some time to acclimate to it, like you guys do down south, I think it would be better. And it would be more tolerable over time. Maybe. So the answer for that is it depends. Um, our weather here this year got really weird. So, I mean, it was 30 and 40 degrees one week, and the next week it was 80 and 90 degrees. Uh, we did not have what you would call a spring this year. Um, I don't know why it happens randomly. Sometimes we have long springs. Sometimes we have none. But yeah, I mean, it went from freezing cold to hot in literally a couple of weeks. It was ridiculous. And now it's 97 degrees right now with a heat index of like 103. And that's been your check of the weather with Tim Davis. Yeah. (laughs) Tony, back to you. So let's talk ham radio. Ham radio. So I am not a ham radio guy. At least I'm not a certified one. Um, so I I don't know, like who wants to like, Tony, you guys got on this train. I'm loosely aware of it just because of people that I know who've been tied into this thing for a long time. <laughs> none of, none of the, you people seem to know what, what the term 73 means, which is shocking. I looked it up. It doesn't mean I know every aspect <laughs> so of the hobby. so sad, man. It means bye-bye. Signing off the end. Best regards. I, I Googled it. Best regards. Yeah. Best it means, regards, it means yes. best regards. So uh, yeah, I had been, a, I had been certified a ham radio operator for all of, uh, I don't know, five minutes when he chastised me publicly about it. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> it is a true story. Thank you, Twitter. What are friends for? If I can't chastise you publicly oh. on Twitter about not knowing something that you just took a test about. So Tony, what is ham radio, and why are you yeah, why are hamming you, on radio now? Why are you working on the the communication medium of last resort? Peer pressure. <laughs> it's all uh, Tim's fault. That's I merely ex- I merely yeah. expressed just slight interest and curiosity, and uh, I've got 
I'm a member of my local astronomy club and I'm into telescopes and astrophotography and a lot of these hobbies kind of tie together in loose little ways. And just was talking to Tim and I saw that there was the uh, upcoming at our internal R&D conference uh, VMware puts on every year normally in person. This year was virtual called radio, ironically. And one of the sessions was on ham radio. And I told Tim, I'm like, oh man, I got a customer meeting. I can't make that. Can you please see if it's being recorded? And he's like, sure. So uh, he was presenting as one of the presenters on that that session, and he gave me the uh, the recording and the the passcode, and I, I watched it. I don't know, a few hours later, maybe the next day, something like that. And I was just like, this really looks interesting. I've always been kind of curious, you know, what can I do to get into it in terms of affordably and not going nuts because I know that some of that radio equipment gets expensive, <laughs> and so. Due to the the radio session, there was a, a, a ham operators channel uh, on Slack at VMware that I got involved. I started talking with Tim and some of the other folks, and really just uh, got some advice from the folks. And Tim was saying how I could get into my license relatively easy with a week of study, and um, so he gave me a lot of tips and information and websites. And I'll let him speak more on that advice that he gave me so we can get out to the listeners it it takes a week of half-assing it and 14 or 15 dollars and you can get yourself a license um i got into radio because i've been kicking it around for several years rf is something that you know i like tech and stuff like that i like learning stuff uh, but rf and wireless is something that i never truly understood not so i'm like hey maybe i'll try radio that'll be cool um, well, just like you blame me, I blame Brandon Wilmot because uh, he went on <laughs> and he posted a copy of his, you know, his form 605 showing that he passed his test. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. The website is hamstudy.org. The good thing about ham radio is that it's a license. It's not a technical certification. Like you don't have to know all this stuff and then show that you know it in a practical way. Um, the FCC publishes the questions and answers to the actual test right. years in advance. Um, so there's sites out there, and Ham Study is the best one that I found where they've got all of that together. They have a study mode that tracks your progress, and you literally just cram all of the answers to the test in your brain. You take the test, you pass it, you know, in a couple of minutes, and then you're good to go. You now have your license for the next ten years, and if when you want to renew it, you don't have to take another test ever again. You just go in, you submit a little form on the FCC website, and you get another 10 years. So um, it's, you, you, it's really easy. Each of you just have the technicians, right? Negatory. No, he's got everything. <laughs> well, that's right. He's got well, the whole yeah, that's where you, I meant to say that's where you start. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. you start yeah. with the technician license, yeah. then you move to the general license, yeah. then you get up to the amateur extra license. Right. Um, I know you passed your Technician general, license? Yeah. I passed my amateur extra. Oh, you did well. all the way. No. Um, I, ha way. I have the, the highest level of ham radio operators. Yeah, pretty much. Even though he couldn't <laughs> really get his VCDX. Yeah, that happens. Let's not start it that conversation again. You know. <laughs> yeah, why do we got to bring up old stuff? <laughs> no, I, so I, I went. I went from having no ham radio license to all three tests passed and having my amateur extra license uh, in a couple of days, short of two months. Uh, it's a very rough process going from tech to extra, but it can be done. Um, the tech exam, Tony can back that up. It's a very easy exam. It doesn't take a lot. Most of it's just kind of what you should and should not do on the airwaves. Um, the next one up is going to be the general. The general's got a little bit more RF theory and some actually like cool radio stuff. And then amateur extra just dives way deep into uh, RF theory and antenna theory and building and stuff like that. Um, it's really, really interesting stuff. Um, each one comes with different sets of privileges. Like there's three different types of radio. There's HF, UHF, and VHF. UHF and VHF is going to be the ones that most people have heard of before. It's when you think of a handheld radio, that's what you're thinking of. Like walkie talkies, those are on HF and, you know, or UHF and VHF. HF radio is where all the really, really cool stuff goes down. That's like if you've ever seen contact or frequency, those things where they've got the old school radios on the desk, those are HF radios. Independence um, Day. General. Uh, Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, with with a technician license, you have full access to the UHF and VHF frequencies. So you can buy a little handheld radio and 
do whatever you want. It's general and extra that start opening up the HF frequencies and kind of what you can do where on HF. So I have always heard that any IT person who's been in the industry for, you know, 10 years or better um, could probably just go sit the technician's license and pass it without actually studying at all. Tony studied with what, maybe about five hours worth of actual work, give or take? Uh, no, I did maybe. more than that. I would say I did more? closer to 10. But, okay, you know, I, I started late, what was it, Friday evening? Tim, I think I yeah. started Friday evening, Friday afternoon. And then I did a little bit over the weekend and then like hardcore hit Monday, Tuesday, or, did a little, little bit more relaxed. And then Wednesday took the test. First thing Monday morning, you had already seen like 60% of the content. And you were already like 33%, you know, uh, of aptitude for it. So, you know, in just a couple of days in short parts, you've gotten really far. I mean, it, a lot of it, if you're reading it, it is kind of common sense. Like, should you cuss on the air? No, you shouldn't do that. So pick that answer. Yeah. Um, but some of them are worded in such a way where two of the answers are kind of right, but one of them's the most right. Um, and that, that's kind of the weird thing. But so, you know, going through the content is good. You might get pretty far, um, but to actually hit the mark of 75% on the 35 question test, you may want to go over the content. And since it's all open, it's not open book of the test, but since the content is all openly published, um, that, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong. Nobody looks down on you for cramming all the answers in, getting your license and then learning through experience, which is exactly right. what I'm doing. But Tim, you, I mean, I have no business with an amateur extra license, but here we are. Yeah. But and you actually sprung for the vanity handle, right? Uh, it's free. It All of it's is free. it free? I thought you nope. had yeah. to pay the FCC vanity a handles fee for are that. free. Nope. nope. Uh, absolutely not. And in fact, nothing involving amateur radio with the FCC costs money. The fifteen dollars that you pay for the test goes to the examiner committee, not to the FCC. Well, good. So there's third party organizations <laughs> called VEX or VECs, Volunteer Examiner uh, Examiner Coordinators. They're the ones that actually have the tests, fill out the paperwork, and then ship it off to the FCC who processes it. Oh, because the last and th those are the yeah. people you pay. The last thing the feds need is more money. So, yeah. I no, I, I'm I'm Kilo Five Victor Tango Delta because I couldn't get V Tim D in some way, uh, um, and I've got my my nice little card. So the guy who owned well, you can't see it because it's reflecting the crap out of it. The guy who owned my call sign originally in Oklahoma. This is a QSL card that he sent somebody in 1951. Oh my gosh. And I happened to, I Google searched my, uh, my call sign and I randomly found that on eBay of a guy who sells old postcards and he happened to have this. And I'm like, okay, got it. Now I keep it up on my radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's been a cool hobby. I like it a lot. I've learned a ton. Um, it's been really, really interesting. Well, There's tons of different things you can do with it other than just, you know, doomsday preppers with HF or VHF radios, um, you know, doing HF, doing digital modes, satellite work. It, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, and getting back to the tie in with some of the astronomy hobby that I have is some of the stuff that you can do with, uh, obviously got to have the equipment for it and the power to do it, but the transmitting up to the ISS bouncing a station off the international space station, getting satellite telemetry, uh, getting some of the stuff where you can, um, send something out to bounce a signal off the moon, a bunch of cool stuff that you can do and tie it into my other astronomy hobbies. So Tim, is this yeah, something you built? What is so this? what you're seeing here is the arrow two. No, 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 no. This is a, an arrow two antenna that you can buy for about 150 or so. Um, this is a UHF VHF antenna to work satellites. So you literally, I mean, it's got the little handle, you plug your radio into it. And you literally just sit there looking like a dork aiming this thing into the sky, you know, blasting it at satellites, including the ISS, which also does radio repeating. As long as they don't shoot back. <laughs> no. So right now I'm working on trying to get a QSL card from, oh, hey, that one is animated. Look at that. That's what you have. Anyways, sorry. Um, now I'm working on trying to get a QSL or basically a response card. Um, they do packet radio or APRS off of the ISS, and I'm working on getting a packet to them 
and then getting one back. And once that happens, I can send them, you know, my info and get a, a QSL card with the space station on it. That's my current goal. So can you please explain the QSL card to me? Because I've seen that mentioned several times now. <clears throat> so there's several, um, you know, tons and tons of Q codes or three-letter acronyms and junk. We're all used to that at VMware. Mm -hmm. QSO just means you have a, a connection. When you connect with somebody on radio, you say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm from here. Here's my call sign. You know, here's your status report. You're coming in at, you know, this clarity or this signal strength, what have you. Once that's done, you have a QSO where you both acknowledge that we talked to each other. Now, you can go a step further and do QSL cards, where you can literally get postcards printed out, like this one right here that I got from uh, NT4J. Um, he came through. He told me it has, like, your call sign. It has signal reports when it was. And then you mail this to them, and then you mail them yours. Okay. So that's what a QSL card is. It's literally just a physical copy stating hey we talked this was the signal report and here you go it's just a cool little confirmation you know thing cool yeah and i i already jumped right into studying yesterday after i passed like an hour or two after i passed i jumped right back into studying for my general i do plan on getting that i don't know that i'm going to do the amateur extra not good at math and it sounds like a lot more work and <laughs> oh dude i didn't do any of the math i i probably got every single math question wrong and i still passed the extra um but it, it is like it's a huge jump the amount of effort yeah. that you put into the tech put the exact same amount of effort into the general and you're going to pass it it actually takes more effort than that I, I took three weeks worth of pretty good study in order to get my extra but if you don't have an HF radio and you're not really trying to get in and open up the bands, it's not going to do you much good at this current point in time. Later, if you decide to get you know, a, a desktop HF radio and really go for it, that's when you'll realize you need that extra. Okay. Great. Now I'm feeling cool. peer pressure. And I just got my call sign this afternoon as well. I'm telling you, man, through. less than a week. I told Tony last week, I'm like, dude, you could have your call sign in a week, give or take a couple of days. And sure enough... <laughs> under, under a week because we talked about it thursday afternoon and i had it by wednesday yeah. yeah you started friday and now you got it you took your test wednesday and got your call sign on thursday so that's yeah. good that the vec processed the paperwork that fast yep i wasn't expecting to see it until maybe tomorrow or, or monday so that's cool surprised to see it this afternoon already yeah this is the day process on saturday this has been something it's always been on my radar of like something maybe you know if i got bored someday i would look into it more but i just yeah, I don't know. I, it's it, it it's it's cool, but man, like I don't I don't have time for another hobby, and I'm, I know, I'm, <laughs> and I know, like I'm, Tony, I'm sure your wife is really glad that you found another hobby too. Cause yeah, because <laughs> you really needed thrilled. You really she's needed another thrilled. One. Red In flag fairness, didn't I mean, up at all. <laughs> you get your technician license, you get an HF, or you get a VHF radio, a little handheld one. That's all you really need. I mean, if you want to get into satellites, you want to do cool stuff, you want to do HF, great. Otherwise, just connect it to the local repeater, you know, talk to local folks, you know, get a digital radio and do Yaesu Fusion and stuff, which actually allows you to talk over the local repeaters all over the world because it kind of involves Internet and it becomes a really convoluted Skype conference. Um, but really, I mean, you can do as little with it as you want. You can use a lot of it. Um, it. It's just something good to have, especially for that kind of doomsday scenario. You really do never know. Um, I've also got myself registered with the local Skywarn folks. So, I mean, Texas obviously has bad weather days when we get tornadoes, we get hail yep. and stuff like that. Um, so I'm actually registered as a spotter. Um, so during bad weather, I can connect to the nets. I can hear what they're talking about. I can hear where the storm is in live, you know, live time and then add in if like, hey, it starts hailing at my house, report that in and that gets sent to the weather, you know, stations. And yeah, and uh, other Tim Davis, which is actually an NDV mug leader and is down in your neck of the woods there, Britain. He's also oh, a licensed yeah. ham raider operator as well. Well, that's not surprising. <laughs> he's really good, too. Yeah, he's he's, he's got a YouTube channel that's got a lot of great uh, digital content and contesting and stuff like that on it. I think, he was, I think he's a, a Navy veteran, so he's got a couple yep. kinds of yep. you know stories and things out of that for communications and things that he did. It's very cool. He gave me a lot of garbage when, you know, he was like, oh, there can't be two Tim Davises with amateur extra licenses. I'm like, ah, here we are. <laughs> he was first, though. 
I think he's oh, been absolutely. doing it for oh, years, yeah. hasn't he? he? He's been had it. He's had it for years. Yeah. Uh, but my, all of mine, and especially getting it so fast, was all Brandon Wilmot's issue. And I've got tweets out there basically saying he's a bad man and stuff like that. Because, you know, I got my tech about a week after he did. He went and got general. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to wait. And then I'm like, ah, forget it. I'll do it. So I went and did it. And then I, it was kind of weird because the question pools for each test turnover every like four or five years. And the amateur extra questions turned over July 1st for the next five years. And I was right, but you know, on that line, I had about a month to go before it. And I was like, I'll just wait until it goes. And he had just gotten his, he's like, do it now, just do it right now. And he kind of badgered me into it. And I went and crammed really quickly and got it in right before the test flaw. Nice. Yeah, it was all peer pressure, 100%, just like yours. <laughs> Didn't you say that you got your all three tiers within a month? I got all three tiers within one month and three weeks. Well, nice. three weeks and a couple of days. Just just a few days short of two months is what it took me to get from one to maxed out. It was it was a lot, and my brain was melting by the end of it, but it was good. I clicked the button on the virtual test. I saw the big green pass thing, and a weight lifted off my shoulders, knowing I don't ever have to take a test again for the FCC. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'm definitely going to do the general and then we'll see on the amateur extra. Yeah, that's fair. So I thought the general opened up some of the HF. It doesn't. Oh, absolutely. It does. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, so is well, it just not the frequencies that allow you to do the satellite stuff that come uh, until satellite amateur extra? stuff is all UHF VHF. Like oh. that you can, you're going to be able to do that with your radio. That's no problem. Th those are all, and all of the satellite stuff you can do with a technician class license. Um, technician can use some of the HF bands. Like you could do Morse code on all of them, but you're not going to want to do that um, unless you're really, really, really into it. Um, other than that, using voice and data is only on the 10 meter and six meter bands, which right now where we are in the solar cycle is kind of spotty at best. Um, so getting the general will open it up to where you can use the 20 and 40 and 60 meter bands and stuff like that. And do have a little more fun on HF when we're not at the top of the solar cycle, which doesn't happen until 2025, I think. And that's that's another one of those tie-ins to your, you know, your like for astronomy is figuring out the solar cycle and following that for radio. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that ties in with that. A lot of the club members also have solar scopes, specially filtered scopes that you can actually view the sun and view some of those sunspots when they happen during yeah. the, the solar maximum, which is called. So it, it's pretty interesting yeah. stuff to tie it all together. Cool. Yeah, the 10 meter band is going to be magic in 2025. Uh, what we need is more magic in the world, Tim. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, it, and that's the other thing, too, is, you know, not to be all doomsday, but I mean, to have some of this available, if, if you know, things keep going the way that they're going so far this year. I mean, emergency situations and civil yeah. unrest and everything else that's going on. It's not a bad idea to have uh, an alternative means of communication that's not dependent on any kind of a grid. Uh, that, that is one of the ways that I've justified it to myself is simply because you never know. And now I have an option just in case. Although, of course, if something really, truly catastrophic happens, nobody's going to care about licensing. They're just going to use the bands anyways. But, you know. Right. Even when things just get a little sketchy, you know, I'll, I'll be able to handle it. I'll, you know, have access and it, it's, it's a nice fallback and makes you feel a little bit better. Kind of justifies the $15 in a few days worth of work. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Cool. So I do want to get your go, both of your guys thoughts about this. Um, bringing it out of ham radio podcast back into what we typically talk about. Hey, it's still technology. I know. I know. It's okay. It's all good. Um, VMworld is going to be online this year. Yep. Um, and, I mean, I've seen mixed opinions about this. I mean, of course, we're all sad that we oh, can't be together. Please, please, please don't go where I think you're going. <laughs> what? You know it is, man. Come on, just, just hit us with just it. Just say Come it. On. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Okay, say go ahead. I'm not doing. I'm not, I'm not talking about Vegas if that's what you're talking about. No, <laughs> no, just go ahead. I, 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 you know, so all all I was gonna ask is, what? I mean, what what do you guys think anybody's actually going to be able to get out of this as opposed to being an in person event? I mean, how is that going to oh, change okay. the dynamic of what it is? Whatever you guys were thinking, I have no idea. So get your heads out of the gutter. I'm just going to assume it wasn't the same thing. It wasn't, it wasn't the gutter. It was something I didn't want to talk about. And I think Tim knows where I'm going. Um, Yeah. I think it's always hard when it's a a virtual event. And and the other thing that we're also needing to deal with at this point in time is this late in the year, everybody's got virtual event fatigue on top of the fact that these events are virtual. Everything's been virtual for so long. People are doing their jobs virtually. They're doing a lot of these other conferences that have gone past like uh, Vimon and and, uh, Zertocon and all of these other different companies that have gone virtual. I think it's just one more on top of it. And, And the thing is, is how do we differentiate? How do we separate ourselves from the noise of what else has been out there? Uh, there's been some good content out there for sure. Um, I think the the overall theme is it's going to be a, a 40, 48 hour rolling event. So it's going to be a follow the sun model. So join when you're able to join in your geo when you're awake. And there should be content available for you to watch during that entire 48 hour rolling time period. I think it's a it's a different approach than what we've seen some of the other people do. But obviously, VMware is normally a longer conference anyway. Right. So it makes sense. Um, what it's actually going to be, you know, hope for the best. I think it's going to be some good content, some good speakers. I've seen, you know, there's plenty of naysayers online, which there always is. And uh, yep, exactly, Tim. (laughs) Tim knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, yeah. And and in terms, you know, I I more or less walked myself backwards into doing a VMworld talk this year. So (laughs) nice. Well, you can add it to your resume then. Yeah, so I've uh, so I'm, I'm working like crazy on that right now. And it's it's a bit of a weird process the way they're having to do things this year with everybody being remote. Um, there's there's like they gave everybody like three options for how you can capture your talk. Um, and like I'm doing it with another guy who's in Canada. Um, and so like and then and, and actually two guys. So the one of the product managers I'm working with, he's in Canada. The other guy I'm working with is in Canada. And so the three of us are going to be on the same one session. And so we're, <laughs> and they said specifically, like, you're not allowed to record it live in zoom. You have to like each record your session piece separately and they'll splice them all together and make it succinct somehow. So I'm just like, well, that's, yeah, gonna, that's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that's actually going to flow together. So, so, but we're going to try really hard to like work our talks closely so that there is that natural handoff from one to the other. Um, so that'll, you know, I'm, I'm, we'll see how this goes, but, um, I'm, I'm at least excited to have been included. Um, and, and it's, oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's, I'm, and I'm really just talking about, you know, a a customer success with HCX and, you know, some real world stuff that I've gone through with a customer and, you know, like what, what they experienced. So you are still getting to check the box of VM world speaker now, which is very important. Right. Exactly. And, that, and that's what everybody wants anyway, right? They, they want to hear those real world stories. They don't want to hear the architecture slides. Uh, they want to see somebody yeah. who's actually done oh, I'm it. sure so there'll still be a fair amount of architecture in my... <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's VM world. I mean, we're not going to yeah. have, you know, no fluffy stuff. It's going to happen. And there's going to be a lot of it, I'm sure. Um, the community aspect is going to be really tough. Um, I... Having to miss out on the hang space, which is literally my entire reason for living several months of the year, um, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, like seeing you guys in person and stuff like that and hanging out, um, you know, going to some of the vendor events and stuff like that. It, it's it's going to be definitely difficult, but I see a lot of people that are kind of trying to work around it. Um, I've seen folks that are already scheduling Zoom happy hours and basically saying, hey, look, we yep. can't get together, but we'll go through We'll do the day. We'll learn what we need to learn, see our sessions. Then we'll all get together at, you know, eight o'clock at night on Zoom and hang out and chat for a few hours. Um, so it seems like a lot of people are trying to make the best of what they can if, of a, you know, obviously rough, brutal situation. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking forward to the Veeam party on Zoom because that's going to be a rager. <laughs> 
Are you going to ship everybody a bottle of vodka and say go nuts? <laughs> Joe Hughes. Joe Hughes. Oh, oh and, so, and some glowing green stuff. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Lots of glowing green stuff. <laughs> I, need, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Joe Hughes in his green beam hat. Yes. It's a classic, we, man. We you can, we you can't not Joe. catch him. He's moving, and I'm not talking to him right now. Aww. It's been too long since we've seen all of our community friends. Yeah. I miss everybody. He's, he's leaving Texas, and I'm upset about it. Oh, what? Man. He's moving? He's moving out of Texas, so we're not speaking. So I hope he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send him a he link. He doesn't know that we're not speaking. Yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> we'll send him a I'll, link. I'll add him on the Twitter announcement for this episode. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I mean, I... I, I I'm just I'm just curious of like how this is going to work mostly because I'm just I mean the the online events I mean yeah it's hard to keep people's attention I mean you know that oh, engagement it's just going to go that's going to be the really you know? hard part and like you know like, yeah because there's there's going to be certain sessions that are going to be live and so there'll be like you'll you know right. you as the presenter will be able to kind of sit in the background and answer questions you know live in a chat but all the ones that are on demand you won't necessarily have that ability because they're just going to be there for people to consume whenever they want. And, you know, it's going to be that's rough for me from yeah. a content perspective, because like I, if I'm given an hour slot, I've got about 40 minutes of real content. If I'm just going through it, then I've got 20 minutes worth of talking to people and asking questions and getting engagement. Like I, I'm never the one to say, save your questions to the end. I want to hear it right then. Like, let's go off on a tangent for 10 minutes and answer your question just so you get what you want. Um, so not having that. Like I have to take this content where I only have so much and stretch it out to fit the time. And it's just, it's weird. I, I, I prefer talking to people, not at people. Right. And, and I definitely, like, I never, this came up this morning on Twitter. I never go back and listen to or watch anything I've ever been on. Like this podcast included, I, if I'm <laughs> on it, I won't listen to it. Other ones. Sure. This one, no, not so much. I, I won't listen to this episode, but it's just, I, I don't like that. So have to record something i get in my head too much and i keep like stopping and starting again and yeah. redoing it and i i don't like it so i if i can just do it live and burn through it one time it, it's so much better well and, th and that's what the people who, who are capturing all these sessions have been trying to tell people they're just like just because you're recording this don't feel like it's, you have to have it perfect because if you were doing right. this live at vmworld you wouldn't be able to have this opportunity at that point to do it over again <laughs> So like exactly, I always have to convince myself that. <laughs> like, yeah, practice it once, get it done. If you make a flub somewhere in the middle, just keep moving and just be done with it. And you know, like like yeah, unless you unless you know you it's, unless it's so bad, you know, like your kid walks in and you know it, it interrupts your flow completely. Because I would leave that. That would be funnier. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy getting Looking interviewed in the BBC. You know, yeah. Oh, see, that's that's classic. If I had, you know, a an actual like natural scenario like that, it would be great. I would leave it for sure. <laughs> It'd be like an Easter egg for you know, find the find the flubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Who yeah. had the biggest screw up? Let's vote on it. <laughs> right. But it's it's been weird because like I I feel like in the last six months my job has become almost more about. A, a feature of NSX with with regard to HCX than anything else because right. like I'm you know I'm I'm doing a VMworld talk about HCX I've been doing a working on a POC for a mega customer for the last five months with all about HCX um, I'm on a virtual team called the HCX Majors where we talk you know we're we're basically an internal group of experts to help the entire company learn more about HCX Still doing the major programs huh yeah. <laughs> And, and the as field part, hasn't changed. And as part of that, I'm now a multi-podcast host. I started a new podcast called the HCX Majors Podcast. So look that up. It's in it's in okay. the it's in all the directories. <laughs> um, and Tony feels slighted because I didn't include him. So I'm sorry, Tony. But uh -huh. yeah, so <laughs> on without me. But, go go back to HCI land. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Core land. Either way, yeah. But it's just like, I mean, it's one of these, it's, it's one of these things where like, it's, it's, I feel like this feature to NSX is taking over my life a little bit, but in a, you know, in, all in positive ways. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just kind of funny how technology does that to you, you know, but like you, you, you feel like you're in a groove, things are going well, you're learning this thing, you got it fairly well. And then all of a sudden, Oh, what's this? And now you're doing something else. 
that's exactly what happened to me. I was, I, I mean, heck, you guys know where I was with NSX. Like I was doing everything NSX all day, every day. That's what I did. And then all of a sudden I didn't, and I did cloud instead. <laughs> yep. So yeah, we all have, we all go through little career changes and for sure. little, little segues and it happens. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? Did any, did any of you pay attention to the big giant antitrust hearing with all this major CEOs yesterday? Because I didn't watch it at all. I, I didn't. As I saw some commentary. Little on about as it. I had to. Yeah, I just as little as I had to follow okay. it. Okay. That's well, before what I paid attention be- to. Before you answer any questions, Tim, hang on one second. Do you swear or affirm under penalty of perjury that the testimony you are out to give is true and correct to the best of your knowledge, information, and belief, so help you God? <laughs> I do not recall, Senator. Okay, all right. <laughs> so I did not have relations. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of the gutter. <laughs> so, so, Tim, what, oh, give, give, give me your professional opinion about what happened with this yesterday, because I haven't heard anything. Uh, it was a giant, ridiculous showing of the fact that tech companies are or are not monopolies. Like, I mean, it, it, they got nowhere and they solved nothing. Like, do you guys think that Apple is a monopoly? No. Um, no? I don't either. Probably not, no, but I mean, yeah, because you can choose to do you, it. You can go out and get an Android yeah, phone you, all day long. Yeah, or you can get a flip get a phone. PC. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that Amazon is a monopoly? This this one's a little grayer. <laughs> See, that one is a little tougher. I mean, they're not Evil Corp yet, but they're getting close. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they just need to start the Amazon banking service, which I think they're trying to. <clears throat> I believe new- they are working on that. There's a brand new Amazon hub and delivery warehouse just down their street from me. I never thought we'd get one up here. Oh, dude, it's great. When you get two-hour delivery windows, it's the greatest thing ever. I love Amazon. <laughs> All hail the corporate machine. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, and, and even down to, like, you know, is Google and, and a, a monopoly? You know, again. Right, yes. Right. No, right. I don't think. Like, the, the, Facebook is the weird <laughs> one to me because, like, Facebook is yeah. one of these things of, like, like yeah, they're they're kind of, like, maybe a monopoly for old people now. Like, you know, unless you're, you know, no, <laughs> nobody young and new does anything on Facebook anymore, you know? Yeah. But they do use Instagram. Right. And they do use WhatsApp for now. So, well, yeah, for now. I mean, this is, this is the thing really. All of the, all of this stuff is just like, you know, and, and I, I saw one clip about somebody chiding Zuckerberg about, you know, buying Instagram instead of competing against them, you know? And it was like, well, right. You know, that's what you do when you see the next thing coming that's going to take you over. You buy it, you know. Exactly right. I mean, and, 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 and I think it's had, such a, a small line. Yeah, and I think had 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 Facebook not bought Instagram, yeah, Facebook probably would be less of a property today. Oh, for sure. It's just one of those. I mean, it's such a gray line between monopoly, uh, monopolizing, you know, an area and being a smart businessman. Like, I mean, it. You're you, we're in America. Your job as a businessman is to make money in that business. When you're a, public company your job is to make your shareholders money um and if you can do that by buying up the next big thing instead of spending all your r&d cash on it sure why not go for it you do you yeah i don't know i mean i'm the the, like I, i think it's really difficult for any any industry that's not a you know not something like a tell tell like a utility like a like telecom it to be yeah. a real monopoly service i mean like until you know, like and, and and this comes down even even for me this comes down to like net neutrality stuff like to, to me the whole net neutrality argument in, in internet traffic you know policies unless you know yeah at my house i can get the same level of internet speed that somebody gets in a data center then the network is not neutral no yeah, that's fair and so that so then it's a matter of you know where things go, I mean, and and you kind of have to have 
somebody managing the network, so to speak, because that's how networks work. <laughs> you know, and yeah, you and and I mean, and and thank God we don't have net neutrality today, because can you imagine telemedicine all of a sudden having to deal with this? Um, where that's the only only way people can get doctor's appointments anymore. And if there's something yeah. stepping on that traffic, goodness, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, that's a problem. So I don't know. I'm I I, I haven't spent enough time thinking about these things, but so I'm, I'm probably a little, you know largely <laughs> uninformed. But yeah, that's fair. You can vote anyways. True. Exactly. <laughs> and and I do. We, we've seen in the past you don't have to be informed to be a voter. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. All right. Well, I don't have anything else. I'm getting really hot because one of my kids closed my office door, and so now I'm not getting any air conditioning in this room at all anymore. (laughs) I'm good. All right. Well, Tim, thanks for coming in and talking to us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. You'll you'll always be our third choice. (laughs) I appreciate that. Just keep it that way. Yeah. And uh, one one of these days you know, we'll have to try to get you and Mr. Odell because we've tried to get Sean on the show and he's always given us the stiff arm. So next time you talk to him, just, you know, complain at him for me. So you got it. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. And I promise Tony and I will work harder for the next episode because next episode we're hitting 40 so it's going to be a big deal. So we will we will work really hard to have a, a real episode next time. So until then. I picked the wrong sound clip, but that's what that's OK. It works. See, the, the next one is 40. We're going to have a real episode with a real exactly. guest. Exactly. <laughs>